0: Welcome back to the Dungeon Master's Block, the place where we come to talk about the Dungeon Master, the most important person in the game. I'm Josh Reistead. Step it in!
1: My name is Matt Keel.
2: Yeah, and I am Kurt from... No, I'm not. I'm Neil, but we'll get into it.
1: Yeah, this was a little bit of a... What is a polite way to say... Stealing the episode podcast, ambush, uh, polite kidnapping, Josh, and fake Kurt/slash Neil. There's something that we love about showing up at the Dungeon Masters Block podcast, and that's the expense exponentially larger viewership of the podcast.
2: Ah, <laughs> I was because whenever it was the we're free
1: here, Matt. no, there are no free pop-tarts, but every but every time we do show up on this podcast, we do suddenly see an uptick in our viewers or our listeners. So we're back, Josh. I'm, I'm Jones and get a little bit more downloads of the Dungeons and Dragons, a podcast where you learn all of the basic tips and tricks uh, for playing Dungeons and Dragons and teaching kids how to play Dungeons and Dragons. So Kurt slash Neil, what are we doing here?
2: So, Just like in the previous episode, we're going to be sharing some campaign ideas, um, some creation and inspiration, one of the more, if not most, beloved series um, that we do here at the Dungeon Masters Block. And we thought it would be a great opportunity to have you both on and uh, me to talk about uh, Dungeons and Dragons and Daughters, a wonderful podcast that I might add I've listened to more than I want because my children really love it, so... Um, as soon as we reach the last episode, they uh, have me start it over. So I'm, I think well, I'm on my go. third listen through, third full listen through. So
1: Neil, isn't it just wonderful, though, that in a sea of real play podcasts that are really kind of the podcast that you might not let your conservative grandmother listen to, that here... At the Block Party Podcast Network, we pride ourselves on having family-friendly content, content that all people could listen to. They might be embarrassed for the people actually doing the shows, but they actually shouldn't be offended by anything we say. Nope. Welcome to the Block Party. Good enough for your Meemaw. In,
2: indeed. <laughs> that's that, the, that's Neil, the new tagline.
0: That, that, that is a t-shirt, if anything. Mm-hmm. Good enough for your Meemaw.
2: Perfect. But since we were on the topic and you have alluded to it previously, can the both of you tell me more about the podcast that you're doing for any of our listeners that may not already know?
1: Sure. We are the hosts of Detention of the Dragons. My name is Matt Keel. I'm Josh Reisted. And we pride ourselves on running one of the most niche D&D podcasts out there which is a podcast that is directed towards helping educators to bring Dungeons and Dragons into their classroom. This might be in the form of a club. This might be through actual curriculum that you can implement in class. And because we are instructing players who are unfamiliar with the game to learn the game and, you know, succeed... In Dungeons and Dragons, we also provide a lot of tips and tricks for new players, new dungeon masters. So even if you are not an educator, there is some place for you in the Detentions and Dragons family. We got a little bit of everything for everybody. We have very little comedy. We try very hard to be funny, Uh but it might not always work. We we, we try very hard, but you know, sometimes eh, it just falls flat. But I'm very yeah. funny, actually.
0: That uh, is, is, as you can tell, absolutely hilarious. I mean, like that is a sarcastic voice right there.
2: Perfect. And you will definitely have links in the show notes that you can go click on. And like I said, um, the other representative party that I am apparently representing is Dungeons and Dragons and Daughters, where Kurt and his twin daughters, um, will they start out as nine-year-old daughters, and eventually get older, because that's how time works. Um, he plays with them and a guest. Um, I've been a guest before, which just boggles the mind of my own children, uh, that I am somehow a guest on a podcast. So
1: They know you have multiple podcasts.
2: Yes, but despite that fact, it boggles their minds that I would then be on, apparently, capable enough to be on someone else's podcast.
0: Well, and I think it makes a matter that, like, they enjoy that podcast, and so therefore, you know, there's a little bit of that fan base, you
2: know, localized maybe, but still fan base going on. Okay, but that means that with all of that out of the way, let's head to the meat. I'm starving. We ain't had nothing but maggoty bread for three stinking days. Yeah. Why can't we have some meats? like meat back on the menu, boys. So for this, as mentioned and in the previous episode, we're going to come up with 10 ideas or not come up with. In theory, we've already come up with them and we're going to share nine ideas that we've already come up with and collaboratively make one together. So because they are definitely ordered in the order of awesomeness as we that's not true. That's never true. But. I will start with Matt. What is your idea number three?
1: All right. My idea number three is called Merchant Madness. Ooh! So I was inspired by a mall and I don't know if this is a thing that people still do or I saw it on a TV show, but is the idea of having a scavenger hunt at the mall, but instead... The scenario that would take place is that there is a scavenger hunt that is in a very large bazaar where different teams of, you know, player characters, well, actually the characters themselves, um, they are sort of recruited by the game master, and uh, the game master is leading the scavenger hunt, and they are responsible for finding all the different items within uh, this, you know, big magical bazaar. Ooh. There's I a like twist it. there's a twist though. Oh, there's here it is. The
0: other the other the other shoe dropped.
1: Yeah, so the twist is if they succeed what they're doing is they're actually obtaining special items for a necromancer who is trying to resurrect an old god, but he is having trouble finding these items himself, so he's turned them into a competition. It is utilizing young, naive adventurers who are looking for profit and fame.
0: I like it. I like it has it has a bit of, I don't know what do you want, what do you want to call it, but the uh, like the nuance of of you know you got the young adventurers going out through the mall to try to find something for a for an ancient necromancer, maybe a lich of some sort.
1: You know, you you young kids, you found you found all the items. Now it's your doom. Well, why does Dungeons and Dragons always have to be stab, 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 punch, punch, punch? Like, why not have a topic or a narrative that hasn't been explored yet, which is the bizarre scavenger hunt?
2: Well, I also like because you mentioned the mall and you certainly can play to whatever age or kind of group that you have and reflavor some of the bazaars to be, you know, stores that you grew up with or that are there now, things like that. Uh, I mean, you got to have
0: at least one, you know, Wetzel's pretzel stand or an orange Julius or some sort.
2: Auntie Annie's uh, Savaro. There you go. You're not even coming up
1: with clever names for these things. Like I was thinking there would be like
2: locker. Yes.
1: witch. There you go. That's, that's why we're on this podcast. We're coming up with these, you (laughs) know, slapping ideas. Oh man. Let's see here. Uh, Josh, what about you? I have Merchant Madness. Hit me up. What is your first idea? Uh, you want my first or my third? Your third. My third idea. Okay. The first one you're going to give me, your third one.
0: Ah, that 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 I could do, Matt. Ah, so uh, inspired by a uh, recent viewing of a movie uh, where a bunch of guys go to a city and, and you know, have a carousing event to get lost. Don't remember what happened the night before. I kind of came up with one where it was the party uh, after a night of, of rabble rousing and carousing, wake up on a ship, not just any ship, a fancy ship, a pleasure barge, if mm-hmm. you will. Uh, and they are the only ones there. They come to find out that they have yoinked a very, a uh, wealthy and influential person's uh, private yacht, and uh, either have to figure out how to get rid of it, return it, or something, because uh, otherwise, uh, it's not going to end very well for them. What about
1: honesty? Could honesty be an outcome where they're just really polite and they say, "You know what? We drank too much of the fairy powder juice," and. We accidentally took your boat, but as you can see, it is in pristine condition and we're young and naive. Well, Can't that you- might not be the
0: only thing they did, man. I mean, that's up to the, the DM and things like that. Oh,
1: okay. You so know, maybe the said, mystery yeah, that could be- as know, they as- explore the yacht there, you find in like one room, there's like 16 zebras. <laughs>
0: oh, yeah. Yeah. Where did all these zebras come from? Where are these zebras
1: know? come from? And what? I'm this is not a pleasure barge. That has a zebra room. That's just silly. No, no. I mean,
0: that that specifically says steam room. They're very sweaty zebras now. I don't know what's going on. Oh,
1: Oh, my gosh. So then you have to make sure that the zebras don't dehydrate. and You have to get the zebras back to where the zebras belong. And you have to get the pleasure barge back to where it belongs. Or maybe you just steal all of it. Well, there's that,
0: but then you also have like things like the Navy and the town watch and a bunch of pirates maybe come into play, you know, as you're trying to get this thing back to where it needs to be.
1: Neil, what's your favorite room on the pleasure barge?
2: <sighs> they have trampolines. There's like, it's like, uh, what, like those sky places where it's just trampolines everywhere.
1: Sure. Yeah. Like oh, a sky that. zone. That's yeah. what they call them in Minnesota. Yep. Sky zone. So yeah. a trampoline park room.
0: Yes. I like that. You'd have to be very careful to have the windows closed, though, because if you accidentally bounced out of a window, I mean, that'd be that'd be kind of bad. <laughs> You'd well, hit that's why
1: water, you hit the water, have to make an acrobatics going. check.
2: Yeah, I just think like, there's so many things that you feel like is an absurd answer, and I'm not a person that goes on many cruises, but I've also like I've seen the amenities that come on the list of things on a cruise ship, and I'm just like. The scale at which this boat exists is not something I am really comprehending. Cause I'm like, you mean to tell me there's an IMAX theater out on the ocean right now? How- mm-hmm. it did- and there's a whole water park. I, I don't understand. We got rock climbing. Yeah. Everything's available.
1: And that's why a pleasure barge is great because you can turn it into whatever you want. It's not just a poop deck. It's not just the captain's quarters and storage. You can have a trampoline park in there. You can have an IMAX movie theater. Why not?
0: Yeah, there we go. Matt, what What about you? what What is your favorite room? Well,
1: I would like to not skip our dear beloved friend and host, <laughs> Neil. So, Neil, yeah, no, how about so you Neil, give what about, us yeah. your third or first option?
2: So, I have selected it now to be the third option because it fit so closely, which is obviously – Which to me is some of the funniest things because we don't talk about our ideas beforehand. So when ideas end up being so similar, I think it's really funny. So basically, again, if you want to call it the the fairy powder or whatever, but the party wakes up in a dream world after they're like in the tavern for the night. Um, And they have to figure out how they can get out of that dream world and basically wake up. Um, to see either why it happened, how it happened. But that's that's outside the scope of the idea I'm presenting is that basically they're in some sort of dream world. Um, and my thought would be probably not to tip that hand right away, um, but certainly start to give clues that would allude to something's not right here. Um, and then once they figure it out, certainly you, you're free to just turn that dial all the way to 11 because now that they know they're in a dream world, why not?
0: So it's kind of one of those things where you're like, you know, maybe the, maybe the adventurers go falling off a cliff and all of a sudden, like they float down and, you know, wake back up at their like original starting spot, you know, still in the dream, but like, Oh, what was that?
2: And just, Oh, with a re with a reset, a hard reset. That'd yeah. be a fun, a, a super fun way to just kill everyone and just be like, Oh no, you're fine. Oh, Oh, we have to start all the way back here.
1: Neil, you son of a biscuit, because my second option is literally called Dreamtown.
2: No! Okay.
1: So maybe we can expand a little bit off of this, but what I was thinking with Dreamtown is players must defeat an evil witch that is using a village for some sort of soul-type energy. So the town themselves happens to be uh, in sort of a, a group catatonic state and the adventurers have to maybe go from dream world to dream world from the different people uh, that are in that town solving the mystery or learning how to defeat the witch or gather dream items and weapons that is that would be capable of defeating the witch. So Ooh. maybe you could combine those two things together. Which we're we're doing on this episode, I guess.
2: Which which you're doing right now. Well, no, I like that because then once they figure it out, maybe they you could have a session where they basically have to force themselves into their own dreams and maybe work through them, which could also be fun to have certain players be NPCs in the respective PCs dreams um, until they can finally like get together and then start dream hopping to other people eventually defeating the switch.
0: Well, and what an interesting way to, to like bring in backstories, like really play into that backstory element, you know, have have your players like write out like, well, here's the thing with a backstory, da da da. Well, that's the dream. Like, here's when like you became orphaned, or here's when like your happiest moment was, or you you won the class
1: spelling bee. I don't want those dreams though, Josh. That could be some of them. I want weird dreams because normally like my nightmares are not. The ones like- you
0: remember the most.
1: Well, they're not like, oh, I didn't do well in the spelling bee. They're sometimes just like, oh, well, my hands are skulls and they're eating my face now, and now I wake up in horror. (laughs) Like those are dreams. I don't need flashbacks.
0: Yeah, you know, each their own. You know, kind of a thing. I mean, it could be a room full of sweaty zebras. That could be a nightmare. I mean, that recurs every single time I close my eyes. Anyway.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Oh my gosh.
2: Sweaty oh. zebra,
1: is this what this podcast has evolved into? It has. Where's Mitch? Where's Mitch to get us on the right track? No, and, no, no. And
2: real Kurt, real Kurt, we miss you. We do though. But so that was you, Matt, sharing your two, which tied to my three, which means Josh, what is your idea number two? Oh, my idea
0: number two is uh, it it devolves a little way from dream world, but it still works with a town. Uh, Basically, there is a large city and all of a sudden, all the water, every well, every cistern, everything dries up. Uh, The adventurers have to are contracted to adventure down below in the catacombs and the caverns beneath the city to figure out what is going on. What is blocking up the water? Where where's the stoppage happening? You know, is it uh, you know, is it a, like a like a big old turtle underneath there? Is it some rich mogul that's trying to you know, oust the town? You know, DM's choice. You can figure that you know, figure that one out.
1: How does the sweaty zebras? How do they fit into there? They're Are they siphoning the all the water because they're, they're sweaty? Yeah. Yes, you yes, know, steam room. Got it. Got to keep it moist. Josh, never say that ever again <laughs> in your entire life, please.
0: Uh, so, yeah, no, that was that was what I was I was reading through some dritz stuff. And I'm like, well, you know, that could be that could tie into a town. You know, water is essential for things. And, you know, you know that would uh, that would uh, prompt a bit of a, an excursion beneath into the underdark and, and such like that.
1: Well, and I think that could start off as something like super benign as, yes, there is a boulder that is blocking a a river or there is something that is siphoning the water. Maybe it's a water elemental that's harvesting all the water. Or you could make it get more and more complex as the adventure goes on. And it is not something that is an adventure that is fit for your basic new adventurer. It's actually a much larger conspiracy happening. So, the world's your sweaty zebra with that one, Josh.
0: Yeah. (laughs) There we go, Matt.
2: Well, I like the idea that like you said, you can make it the catalyst to be more and more. And it all, it always depends on what your players find interesting, certainly. But the idea that you could be this, but then it becomes that. And you could level your, your players up as much as you want to. That's that's it's called miles milestone leveling. It's just because you want to, um, and you feel like they've reached a point. And if, any campaign has taught me anything. You can easily go from level 1 to 20 in like a week. As long as you're killing enough monsters, you're good to go. Yeah, uh, Neil, what about uh, – what? what's your second one there? So the other one in it – so I like tying them together because that's more fun. Um, one of the other things that could maybe happen in this bazaar is that there is an explosion at a magic shop. Um, and then the fallout mm-hmm. from that could be – that's kind of a fun one, too, where it can be as comical. Or terrifying, as you see fit for the campaign or the one shot or your group, Um, because it could easily be that um, brooms are flying everywhere, a pair of boots with nobody in them runs past you. Um, What's the jar that creates mayo? It just goes wild, and there's just mayo everywhere. Mayo everywhere. Yeah, and you're just like, what do we do? Um, In the same Mm -hmm. way that something could be broken, um, and it summoned forth a pit fiend and you have to deal with those ramifications. So just a magic shop explodes uh, and you have to figure out um what all you will do. I think every good good
0: game needs a little bit of chaos in it. And and that that Neil smacks of the appro- uh, the proper amount of chaos.
1: Every campaign that I run at school involves some sort of portion of the campaign where People just start drinking magic potions and turning into random things. And it takes nearly the entire hour because it will be, okay, well, you turned into a goblin. Now you drink this potion and you turned into a cat. You drink the goblin potion again. Now you're a cat goblin. Now you drink this potion. Now you're 10 feet tall. Now you drink this potion. Now you're six inches tall. Now you drink this potion. You're 10 feet, six inches tall. And it's nonsense. And a lot of players who tend towards comedy like a little bit of wackiness. And I think that a magic shop gone awry provides the perfect conduit for this level of zaniness.
2: I like it. I'm trying to think of all the tables that are like readily available that you could choose. One, start rolling on the Wand of Wonder, two, mm-hmm. start rolling on the Wild Magic table. Three, start pulling things on your own from the deck of many things. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I mean, again, it's all to scale what you, what you think should happen um, and how often. I would probably just start having everyone at the start of their turn roll something um, to see what happens next. I like that. Utter and complete chaos. This is a wonderful idea, and no bad can come of it. Nothing.
1: No long-term consequences whatsoever.
2: Yeah, and players definitely, or player characters, definitely won't die either. No, no, no. Oh no, no, no. As you summoned forth death to haunt them, that they need to, that they need to battle. So, Matt, we are back around to what you think is your absolute greatest idea. Idea number one for you.
1: Yes, my absolute one hundred percent best idea i've ever had i should have copyrighted trademarked i should not even be sharing this with the general public because this is what's going to help me retire from teaching early is selling this idea to everyone but but as an altruistic being i shall give it to you the listeners of this dear podcast as you can tell everybody he's very humble
2: Mm. yes i
1: am very humble Let me set the scene for you, Josh and Neil. It is a dark and stormy night. No, no. There's lots of shadows. You're walking (laughs) along. That was lightning. Coming back from the tavern. Perhaps you are going back to meet your colleagues back at the inn. You stayed a little bit later at the bar drinking some non-alcoholic beverages. Perhaps one of those finely brewed root beers and from the shadows you you hear tiny footsteps and you look at the shadows and you see nothing and then you keep walking maybe a little bit faster you pull your coat up over over your your face because you feel like it's going to protect you and then you look look back and you see nothing except a a single feather and you're questioning yourself what what is going on and you you break into a run and then you get you get near to the end but all the lights go dark and the last thing you see is the last duck assassin <laughs> who knows the tale completely
2: <laughs>
1: wow. there is only one duck left oh. and the one duck is an assassin and it is out for revenge now neil I like this, and Josh, I like this because, number one, the duck could be hunting the player characters, or the player characters could be assisting the last duck assassin. It is really up for you to decide. Perhaps if the party is an evil campaign, you know, an evil group, maybe the duck assassin is after them. Where did all the other ducks go? I don't know, but this is the story of the last duck assassin.
0: Well, Matt, that that intro definitely left me quacking in my boots. I mean, oh Oh, boy.
1: (laughs) (laughs) But I like it. I like it a lot. Thanks. You shouldn't, but I believe it's awesome.
2: (laughs) It's definitely run afoul, but. Oh um, boy. Well, I mean, mean, it's not hard to use some of the races that are available and just. I mean, if there can be Owlkin and there can be kinku and there can be Aarakocra, there's no reason that there can't be duck assassins.
1: 100% correct. Yes. Neil, this is why we vibe so hard. Yes. Because you understand me.
2: There's what's stopping it other than. Lack of opposable thumbs.
1: It still does not have thumbs or hands. It is a duck. Use the stats of an air croakera, but make it small. It's not a medium-sized creature.
0: The chances of being killed by a duck are are never zero. I think is is the scientific equivalent of that. That's actually
1: the little tagline on the module.
2: (laughs) Oh, man. The last duck assassin. So,
1: Josh, how are you going to beat that? I mean, I'm not sure if this is a competition, but what do you got?
0: Oh, I don't know, man. I mean that's pretty good. That's pretty good. All I had was uh, actually my my first one kind of ties into the uh, bazaar and magic shop blowing up uh, really well. Uh, I could see where a uh, a piece of helmet or armor gets stuck on somebody like permanently stuck. Like mm. no amount of muscle or WD thirty, a WD forty. Uh, is getting that thing off because it is magically adhered and slowly taking over somebody's, you know, either an NPC or a PC, uh, so, you know, sometimes taking over their form features and, and basic functions as the characters that have to quest to try to figure out how to get this thing removed before it's too late and they lose their dear compatriot. I could totally see like magic shop exploding. And somebody has one of those like helmets, like with the the little uh, visor thing that comes on down. And like, it's like, Hey guys, I can't get, I can't get it. I can't get it off.
1: Sure. Could you imagine a scenario where this helmet gets stuck on this person's head? And at first it seems cool because it gives them like plus three to attack and like a thousand coolness points. But then, you know, the next day, they seem a little bit smaller, and then the next day, they seem a little bit feathery, like, more feathery, and then they realize they are becoming the last duck assassin. Oh, Lord, it's a cursed item. It's a cursed item, indeed. Or is it an enchanted item? I mean, it's all about your perspective. Then. Yeah. It truly is.
2: Obviously, obviously, for some, it it is the greatest thing that they could ever find. Others, they would be haunted. Uh, by such a thing existing in the world at all. Mm -hmm.
1: But would we be haunted by your final contribution to this podcast, Neil? What is your first and best idea?
2: So it's really how to start a campaign. It's not necessarily, I mean, I guess you could um, spin it out to be something more, but the idea of not starting in a tavern but instead, starting in a cavern, I really just came up with that right now. I Heck did n- yeah, I man! Did, I That's did, awesome. I did not think of it until literally as the words are coming out. But your party is a group of adventurers that are being de-petrified in a Medusa's Ooh. lair, and so Ooh. and from that point, you know, you have clerics or something like that, um, or it could be a, a, a second adventuring party that has killed the Medusa or ran it off. Actually I really like the idea of it not being there, like it's left for whatever reason. Someone has some well being person has come in, seen the issue, depetrified, and now your party is there, but was was one of them petrified five years ago? was one of them petrified 500 years ago. Um, But but having that dynamic of um, allowing your players to come from any portion of time inside of the world that you're playing in um, and having those conversations. Uh, But yeah, so starting in a cavern, not a tavern. It's like Bill and Ted's epic adventure in D&D. Yeah. I love that.
1: Do they start at a cave?
2: No, that would be the start the start of the session would be each of them waking up as they're being de petrified from Oh,
1: gotcha. Whatever I thought that happened in Bill and Ted. They woke up in oh. a cave and I did not think that was a thing. But oh no, no like, but I get they what had you're they had all the, the different uh people There's, from history. Yeah, they're assembling the figures from history, yes. so the characters reanimating from their petrified state, there are these fa- different figures from history, maybe some famous, some less famous, that type of thing. Yes. Oh,
0: man, you could have, like, like I was this great adventurer. Yeah, 500 years ago. And quite frankly, most of your adventures are now being used to tell parody songs at the tavern.
2: Or man. no one has any idea who you are.
1: Yeah, yeah. And my character would be, yes, my name is Baracus. I am the greatest duck assassin. Yes. And then someone says, you are the last duck assassin.
2: Heck Yeah tied it back perfectly. But that means with those all out of the way, we're only at nine, but that means there's a 10th one, we will collaboratively build together. And we will use the same format as last time because there's no way I'm coming up with another one. And that means the three of us will pick who, what, and where. We'll come up with those ideas separate from each other and then start sharing them and see how we can tie them all together. Um, So... Let's say
1: I would say don't give me who because, you know, I'm going to say the duck assassin. So if you want something, with if you want something besides that, you got to give me like where or when.
2: <laughs> what? Duck assassins. Where? Duck assassin headquarters. Um, okay. So I will roll a die.
0: He'll do it too, Neil. It'll all be duck assassin from here on in for about a month and then he'll get bored. Oh, man. You don't know be too well, Josh.
2: So we will say who is a 1 or a 2, what is a 3 or a 4, and where is a 5 and 6. So, Matt, I will roll for you first. And you got a 6, so you are where? Josh, you're up next. And I will just roll a D4 because conveniently, you got the top end. You are a 3, so you are what? Well, that doesn't – I was who last time. I changed my mind. There are no rules. You pick who, I'll pick what. And then we'll, we'll go from there. So, All right. So again, but we'll take a brief moment to come up with our individual pieces, and then we will begin sharing them to create our tenth collaborative idea. All right. So we're you're, Josh. You're ready. I am. Okay. We will start with you. So who is involved with this uh, this next campaign one shot idea that we're going to come up with?
0: I'm thinking of a villain. Um, it is a villain, a, a Goliath, a strong individual who really thinks they are a wizard. They think so much that they are a wizard. They, they have a, a magic staff and things like that. And they go about leading a, a, a force. But quite honestly, they, they have no magic powers at all. They are just very lucky. And their strength and their, their tactics are generally interpreted as
2: magic by them. I like it. So we have a misguided. Do you say it was a giant or did you say it was? A Goliath. Goliath. The misguided Goliath wizard. So one of the items that they have, because I have the what, is a a feathered silver bell, which literally is just a random magic item I looked up on the internet. Um, and I thought it was perfect because I assume duck assassins are going to eventually be involved with this conversation, but they have the feathered silver bell. So they can actually have feather fall. So then I think that they, with mm. their strength, they'll jump off of high places and, um, you know, the, what is it, buzz light year? It's not falling, it's not flying, Through it's falling Infinity the, flying and beyond. And so they'll drop me, not hurt. Yes, drop down using the feather fall. Basically, I would have it be something they could do at will and cast it continually. So it'd be a pretty cool magic item, um, and they're lever- leveraging it to give the illusion further uh, that they do have um, magical skills. I love it, and which leads us to where? Where would this be happening?
1: So I know what you're thinking, listeners. Of course, he's going to talk about. The last duck assassin headquarters. But actually, I would like to spirit us away to a Miyazaki-esque merchant barge that traverses a river of dreams. So the merchant barge is makes stops in different ports and the, the different ports represent different, um, people and uh, I guess different people's minds and the different characters can From those dreams can go in and out of dreams. They can connect to different people and their minds. And I feel that somehow uh, this is all connected back to uh, this antagonist that we're talking about. So it seems that he is misguided, but uh, perhaps somehow this is all connected. Maybe misguided by a dream? Maybe it is his actual dream. Is a literal dream as well. To how we about go. that?
2: There we go. The dreams have come true. Mm-hmm. They just they just want to be a wizard so bad.
1: They just want to be a wizard so bad. And I think that what better way to become a wizard is if you can't become a wizard in real life, then why not become a wizard in a place where you're untethered to the expectations of reality? Well See, I can play along too. It doesn't all have to be duck assassin, Matt Keel stuff. (laughs) I mean,
0: there was, it was, it was a 50, 50 bet there, Matt. Yeah. It was a 50, 50 bet.
2: You know who could really use that bell? The last duck assassin. Oh my
1: gosh. (laughs) I would think that maybe that the last duck assassin is in the dream world and something That we're trying to see. Oh my gosh, how about this? Maybe, maybe like within, so maybe within the dream world, like different people could have like different avatars type of thing, because maybe you are yourself in your dream world, but maybe you are your ideal self in the dream world. So maybe someone is the duck assassin within this dreamscape, or maybe you can like channel the duck assassin within this dream world. You know What? Figure it out yourself, listeners, because you're all smart, you're all creative, you can do it
2: you too you too can incorporate the deck assassin so we've we've done it, we've given ten ideas, but the question I have next is where can people go to find all the stuff you guys are doing um and listen and and all that?
0: Very good. Well, they could certainly check us out on iTunes and many other fine podcatchers out there. Uh, they could also reach out to us at to dragons at gmail.com. Uh, they could uh, send us a message on Facebook, or they could take a look at Detention's Pod uh, on Twitter, or message me at Professor Olof on Twitter, uh, and uh, we will get back to them.
2: Perfect. And, of course, if you wanted to let the Dungeon Master's Block know um, about how you're using the duck assassin in your game. You can always email us at dungeonmasterblock at gmail.com. Of course, you can leave us a rating and review on your podcatcher of choice. Um, and follow us on Twitter at DMS underscore block. Um, and of course, if you want to listen to other shows on the block party podcast network, you should check out such fine listening as detentions and dragons, dungeons and dragons and daughters, and more.
1: Thanks for listening to the Dungeon Master's Block, the place where we come to talk about the Dungeon Master, the most important person in the game. My name is Matt Keel.
2: I'm Josh Reistead. I'm DM Neil. Good night, good luck, and keep on Dungeon Mastering. Class dismissed.
1: Ooh. Hey, can you give me one second? I just heard something weird on my end. Like outside. I'll be right back.
2: Oh, he oh, it is becoming a murder podcast. Oh. And a, and a murder scene actively. Son of a Oh man. Oh, wait.
0: This is possibly. Yo, know, it could be one of those like, you know, uh like X-Files, strange happenings. Mm-hmm.
2: It's a chupacabra. Oh, I was also thinking it was a chupacabra. Right? Don't chupacabra. You live in the wrong part for chupacabra. <laughs> well, we got
0: Minnesota, we got a little bit of other things. Like, we got Bigfoot and all sorts of other things up around. Well, not even Bigfoot, really. You know? Maybe large mosquitoes, you know?
2: Goodbye.